Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Have you ever wondered, do I have storm damage? Was there hail? Did a tree fall on my house? Well, if you have any of these questions in your head, then you need to call Grady Restoration. These guys take care of anything. Fire damage, storm damage, water damage. If you're not sure, any kind of act of God, they'll come take a look at it and let you know what your options are. They'll help you with the insurance company. They'll help you get it repaired. Basically, you're set it and forget it for restoration companies. Be sure to give them a call. Grady Restoration, 952-472-1570. Or look them up on the web at GradyRestoration.com. Welcome back, podcast listeners, to the DK Project. Very special guest zooming in today. We've got Sam Quasman. You probably know him because he's everywhere. How you doing, sir? How doing? How about that? I'm You can't make it up. I I know. Are, are you the original <laughs> Donald Duck? No, no, no. I did the voice at Disney Studios for their records and toys uh, for over a 17-year period. But I'm the voice of a little quacker now for Tom and Jerry cartoons. Can you see in the background? That's me. I'm the little duck. That's so, so cool. So I've been doing that. And I got the job because the animation supervisor at Disney had left and uh, opened up his own company, called me up out of the blue and said, you still do a good duck? And I said, yeah, who are you? <laughs> the, <laughs> he goes, the duck doesn't know. go away. Well, so I auditioned and I got the job and uh, uh, it's been a, a, a great six seasons. We're going to our six seasons. It's going to be Tom and Jerry in New York now. Wow. Uh, it's going to follow the movie Tom and Jerry in New York, which I am not in, but we won't talk about that. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. Um, so so, so let, let's touch on that quick. Let, uh, let me pull up my Googler. How long has Tom and Jerry been on the air? Oh, my gosh. On the air, they started 80 years ago. Really? Back in the 40s, yeah. And MGM, they're still Hanna clipping Barbera. them out. Wow. That's impressive. I didn't know they were still making them. I don't have little kids, so I don't... I don't. Yeah, we're in our sixth season. Oh, man. That's yeah. impressive that they they uh, keep coming up with new content. Is that a movie coming out then? That I mean, that you're probably going to be in. There's a major motion picture coming out. Uh, about Tom and Jerry, it's a hybrid movie like Space Jam, but uh, you know, I don't know anything about it. Oh man, well, that's so cool! What else you got going on? Well, I'm in a movie called Letters from a Nut, produced by Jerry Seinfeld, written by the great Barry Marder, Seinfeld's head writer. Ooh. Brilliant man! He wrote the books Letters from a Nut, and it's on Amazon Prime. I play a depressed clown. You know, I play a lot of depressed people. Oh really? <laughs> See, I would think it'd be the other way with your chipper uh, duck voice. That you, yes, uh, it's, that's different. Yeah. You get a uh, de- depressed clown. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. It's based on the books. The books are so funny. He writes these letters to corporations. Really, they're crazy letters, and the corporation, whoever gets it at the corporate level, doesn't know if the guys, uh, you know, if if it's a real test from the company, or uh, if the guy's really nuts. Really? So he'll write to a hotel and say, you know, I have a, you know, I'm allergic to your ice machine and I need to bring in my own ice machine. 
So the company writes him back, says, oh, yeah, we're more than happy to accommodate you. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. <laughs> he goes, great. My ice machine weighs 2,000 pounds. I'll need a forklift to get it into the uh, into the room. And really, <laughs> just keep going back and forth with the letters. How many, how many, is that a, is that a show? I'm looking at it. On... It, it became, it was a book. They were books. Letters okay. from that, more letters from that. Now it's, uh, it's a, it's a play. It was a play at the Geffen Theater here in LA. It's a very prestigious theater. And um, Barry's the star. And, uh, and it's great because he's the original author. He's the author. <laughs> and then they made it into a movie, Amazon Prime. It's, it's filmed as a stage play. Oh, really? But, yeah, but the letters are hilarious. I mean, just he wrote these letters that are just brilliantly funny. I think I might know? have to check the book out. I wasn't aware of such a thing. It sounds like a, yeah. a good. It sounds like a good comedy series, huh? How many? Oh, how many are terrific. there? It should be a series. It should be a comedy series. You can make a series out of it. No, no problem. Shh, we'll keep that between us. Yes, that thank could you. be a yeah. thing. Mum's the word. That could be a thing. I like <laughs> it. I. Uh, I, I'm still blown away by the fact that we, before we got on the air, we were talking a little bit of uh, history and uh, with the Bob Newhart and, and I mean, mm. oh, these are just, you've worked with some legends in the business. That's incredible. Yeah. Bob, uh, Bob was just great. You know, I had no qualms. I didn't feel, uh, I was so comfortable with him. He was so uh, down to earth. He's just real. What do you see on stage is what you get off stage. I mean, from what I, when I was hanging around him, I was enamored with the uh, with the dentist, the gentleman who played the dentist. Uh, 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 no, I can't remember his name now. Why is that? Oh, and I was friends with Jack Riley from the Comedy Store. He played Mister Carlin, who was depressed. Yeah, went oh, <laughs> to depression. That was a great uh, God, show. His name. I thought he was this brilliant actor, and I was kind of like didn't know what to say to him, you know. But he was a great, great actor. The dentist. God, what's his name? Oh God, were you reoccurring on there? Hmm? Were you reoccurring on there or were you it just? Uh, well, here's what happened. The episode was so good. It was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. And I was going to be a semi-regular on the series. And Bob quit. So that was the end of that. Damn it, Bob. But now it is many years later. The Wall Street Journal does a, a, a retrospect of the Bob Newhart show, picks out the top 10 of every season. Okay. And I did the last season, and my episode is number two out of ten for my performance with Bob. Well, yeah. That, and then the Hollywood Reporter did a thing asking all these celebrities what they liked about the Bob Newhart show and what they liked about Bob. Conan O'Brien says the episode with the ventriloquist was so funny um, that um, I wanted to get be a comedian. I wanted to go into comedy. Really. So I'm responsible for Conan O'Brien, or oh actually Bob. Gosh, <laughs> how about that? That's pretty strong. I um, yeah. After all these years, I just wish it had continued. Yeah, what nice was be, uh, what was the, the reason show. for him to quit? Do we know? Hmm? What? Why did he quit? Did we find that out? I don't remember. Well, I think I. I don't know. I don't know. Just one I don't of know those things. About that. I, yeah, but he, you know, he was a star. You know, and he came back in another series called New Heart. So. He's done all right. What about, I'm looking at your IMDb. Yeah. Mad TV. Yeah. I was, I danced on that. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. How did it that was, go? Uh, you know, the girl who did, uh, uh, it was Aaron, uh, Aaron Brockovich, the musical. So Mo Collins was Aaron Brockovich and I played the drunken, you know, dancing uh, uh, attorney 
you know. Really? Uh, yeah. That was fun. What which was, which one of these on the uh lengthy list is your favorite? Like what was your like if you know if you, as you look back, what what was the hot one? Like man, we had so much fun with that. It was incredible. Well, they were all a lot of fun. Family Ties was great. I mean, were you Michael were you, were you reoccurring so on Family Ties? Pardon me? Were you reoccurring on Family Ties? No, no, I just did a guest shot. I wish I was reoccurring. That, that uh, went that on for a long time too, didn't it? What? That show went on for a long time too, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it made Michael a star. Yeah. And, but I got to work with, uh, you know, Bernie, uh, Meredith Baxter. I got to work with. Sure. Right. She was so cool, you know, very pretty lady. Yeah. Is she still with then, us? Uh, like, I, I hmm? haven't heard from her in forever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But it was exciting to work on the movie Mame with Lucille Ball. I was a dancer back then. I danced for Anna White. My very first show was Disney on Parade, where I was the voice of Donald Duck. I did it live, 10 to 14 shows a week, <laughs> and then did every unit after that from 1970 to 1976. And then that's when it folded. Today, you see it as Disney on Ice. Uh huh. It was originally a dance show, and uh, uh, my best dance partner was a guy named Patrick Swayze. Oh, I think so, we've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, it was our first dance company. I'm just dropping names here. Aren't wow, me? look at you, big roller. I but Anna, Anna had just won the Academy Award two years earlier for Oliver. She did Music Man, Bye Bye Birdie, and she did all these big musicals on Broadway. And I was one of her dancers. And uh, so she hired me for MAME. And I got to talk to Lucy. And Lucy told me all kinds of stories. Oh, my. Because I was a kid and, you know. I would ask her things like about the Three Stooges. I like the Three Stooges. Yeah. So she would go, oh, bad props. They almost killed me. Turns out she actually did. Really? A, a, a Three Stooges episode where they almost killed her. Wow. Powdering her face with this very, uh, you know, fine powder. <laughs> and uh, they turn on a fan and it goes into her face and she goes like this. And it goes in her throat or nose or eyes or ears. And she said she, they took her to the hospital. She was in the hospital for three days. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, that's a story you're not going to get anywhere, but here on the DK project. Yeah. Oh, I got a better one than that. I got another one. What do you got? I'm talking to Lucy and she goes, you know, during world war two, I had to get a filling for my tooth. I go, really? And she goes, yeah, but they couldn't use the regular stuff. So I would getting, I was getting radio waves. Uh, in my tooth. What? Now, if she hadn't told me this, would you have believed this? She's I still driving don't believe it. to MGM Studios, uh, and because she was under contract during World War II, and she's picking up German in her tooth. Come on! I'm not kidding you. She calls the FBI, the police, whatever, and they're driving around trying to get louder and louder, <laughs> and they find a nest of Nazi spies spying at MGM Studios. And she found him through her tooth. Were you now? If she hadn't told me that to my face, I mean, who would believe that? But was she known to be? A, was she no, known to be like on drugs or anything? No, no, she was. How like, is that know, even possible? Serious. She was a serious, hardworking woman. She put in eighteen hours a day. Did you Google it afterwards? Pardon me. Did you Google it afterwards, or did you have some way no, of looking no, it up? No, no, I, I take her word for it. She, you know, I believed her. I, there was no reason to Google anything. This that, was before there was Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that seems okay. So did she say how they solved the problem? I don't know. Uh, she just left it at she, she found this group of Nazi spies spying on 
MGM Studios. And, you know, I, I, I'd be proud if I could have done that. Hey, I, I've, that <clears throat> is something that I don't think you're going to find anywhere else but here. I've never yes, heard exactly. such a thing. That... Now, that's a story <laughs> that, uh, you know, came directly from her. And she was very kind to me. And I was a jumper and a leaper, and I'd jump over the hedges. And uh, they were one-man shorts. I'd jump in front of her, behind her. If you go see the movie Maine, you'll see the Maine number. Are you still a month uh, active in the dance world? Pardon me? Are you still active in the dancing world? Yeah, I'm still dancing professionally. I'm currently the male stripper at the Jewish Home for the Aged. Whoa. <laughs> it's a great job. <laughs> you come back the next day, they think you're the new guy. So, you know. <laughs> hey, no. But yes, its... I still dance. I still take tap class and jazz class. Wow. My daughter's big into dance. But she, oh, really? Yeah, I'm thinking she's hanging it up, though. I just took her to college on, I just dropped her off on uh, Tuesday. So I'm thinking dance is on the back burner for a while, which is okay. Well, you know, she can still dance while she's going to college because right now you have to, you know, kind of uh, socially uh, distance yourself. So well, and that was the thing. She, uh, she, she was in dance since she was like five. And, uh, and then her last year, they went to this online thing and like you know because they couldn't meet in class because of the pandemic so it was really a sad ending to a long long trip of of dance but she handled it well it's all good i uh i think everybody's got a new normal i'm have you been going out are you uh are you out amongst the people and now a short commercial break because we gets to pay the bills hey everybody we're still in a pandemic but the good news is we're cutting hair again the hair studio in Chaska is open for business, rocking and rolling. So if you've kind of let her go over these last six months of the pandemic, time to get it trimmed up, curled up, colored up. Let's go. Located in Chaska at 500 North Pine Street, Chaska, Minnesota. Give them a call. They'll take care of any of your needs if you need to get that old pandy shag cut down. 952-368-0900. Now back to the show. Well, I keep my distance from everybody and I order food in and, uh, you know, I go to the grocery store every so often, but I, I stay away from everybody. Like yeah. when I went in to record today, every, everybody was uh, remote. Really? You know? Yeah. Everybody was on a computer. So do you still go to a studio to record the cartoons then? I went to the studio today to record and they wiped everything down before and after you're in there. Really? Huh. Yeah, really. So uh, how uh, we got we got to get to the uh, we got to get back to the beginning here. We jumped right into the middle to to, oh. to the current. But how did this all start? Where where does where does uh, I I was nineteen and uh, I was taking dance classes. Are you from California? Acting. In California, L.A., Los Angeles. I was in high school, and then I was in when I went to college. I was taking dance in, in high school and. Uh, then I went to college and college uh, I was taking class and my teacher uh, and someone mentioned this Disney show that they were looking for dancers. And I was 19 at the time and I went to audition and uh, my dance teacher, Anna Chaselka said, may she rest in peace, said, tell Anna White I said hello because she used to dance for Anna in Music Man and, and these musicals that she did. And uh, so I told her, I told her Anna says hello and Anna White, Anna and Anna. Anna and Anna. Anna White Anna. says, yeah, says, great. 
do me a do a double pirouette. Okay, you got the job. Whoa! <laughs> right out of the gate. Yes, you can say, okay, do do the another trick. Do a uh, entrechicot. You know, it's a ballet term. Sure, jump of in the course air. I you know do that. this with your feet. Oh yeah. Okay, you know, do me a jump, jump in the air. Okay, you got the job. It's like I got the job every time I did something. I said, great. So I went in, and and then um, we're in rehearsal in Kansas City, and I'm in all these numbers, and one number is 20 minutes long, <sighs> and we're talking 10 to 14 shows a week, two and a half hour show. Wow. It was huge. Show was huge back then. It cost them a million and a half dollars to produce. Wow. In 1970. Are you in like are you in like premium shape though? I mean, if you're doing that much dance, that many days in like you gotta be oh, yes, rock back star. then? Oh, I couldn't I couldn't gain weight. Yeah. Uh, my best dance party was Patrick Swayze, boy. We were in shape. A lot of the da- people Who don't know. Who's that guy? I haven't heard of him. They think an athlete, uh they think an athlete is a javelin thrower. And they are, they're athletes. They really are. But we're we're athletes too. To be able to dance, you know, oh. for two and a half hours. No way. And one number is 20 minutes. I can't do it and, for uh, a song. you got to lift the girls every day, you know, three lifts and all this. These guys are in incredible shape. I mean, Swayze was very strong. You know, you threw that name out there just like you were talking about Bob the Neighbor. Yeah. Well, Patrick yeah, Swayze, he was a regular he's ki- guy. He's he kind a of a big dog. deal. What? He was. He's kind of a big deal. Did you, did you know him, like, continue a friendship with him after that? Yeah, yeah, I didn't really hang out with him once he got, you know, really busy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's difficult, but we knew each other, sure. He's a sweetheart, a really good guy. He did a great Donald Duck, and he could do it in Spanish. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Can you do it? No, I don't know Spanish. Uh, let's see. <laughs> How's that? Hey. Well, That'll go over big in Minnesota, right? Wow. There you go. I, I, yeah. that's, that's, uh, uh, an interesting find, uh, early on in your career. I mean, he, he probably yeah. was, uh, uh, is he well, age wise? How were you age wise to him? We're about the same age. I was going to say you're about the same, the same height. And, uh, and so, uh, it's really funny because he was Prince Charming in the Snow White unit, and I was the lead alligator in Fantasia. Hey, now. <laughs> and I, I go to the stage manager and say, you know, you only have to do four pirouettes to be the, to be the uh, you know, the prince. I say, you know, I do six or seven. And the stage manager looks at me up and down and goes, you're kidding, right? Really? <laughs> I go, what the? Yeah, you stay in the costume. You let Patrick be, a, you know, we're, you know, be the prince. You couldn't sell him on the duck idea. You had to go with the. Uh... Well, I was doing the duck live, uh, ten to sh- fourteen shows a week <sighs> for Disney on Parade, and I was doing uh, what's my line, and I had to call Ducky Nash, tell him I was doing what's my line, and I did all these radio shows promoting the show around the country. Wow! They used me for PR, and um, I perfected the voice. And then I was able to go from that unit to the next unit, to the Caballeros unit and whatever, Cinderella unit, whatever, till 1976. And I would record them, record the voice, and, you know, they'd use it. You know, they went to Australia. They went to South America. They went to the Southeast, Southeast wow. Asia. So, uh, and they kept asking me to come back and dance in the show. And I go, no, no, no. I'm doing MAME and I'm off. Yeah, you know, I want to be an actor. Right. You know. Wow. I didn't want to be in the chorus anymore. Wow. So, you know, so, but it was a great, great opportunity. How long did you do that for? 
I did it for almost two years. Okay. The first year I did it live, the duck, and then the second year we we recorded it, and then I was a lead dancer in the show. I'd been a lead dancer anyway, so um, in the show for the second year, and then then after that I left to do Mame with Lucy, and then they called me up and said we need a Donald Duck for the next unit, and a Donald Duck for the next unit, and a Donald. So I was doing that. Then I was going over the comedy store to work on stand up. And so how's that? that? Yeah. Is yeah. That, and that... acting lessons. Always, always learn. Never stop learning and growing. That's the key. The key is to continually. I was told as a kid, if you want to be an actor, you got to learn to do everything. Yeah. Just don't, don't, don't limit yourself unless you're limited. Like I said, I have friends who, uh, who are very limited. They only do one thing. Yeah. And they make a fortune because they're just that one person or that one character. And they seem to be more successful than me because <laughs> I learned to do everything. Isn't so. that something? So uh, how, how long did you do or how extensive was your, your stand-up comedy run? Did you? Oh, I still do it. I was going to be in Vegas at the Laugh Factory uh, in April, uh, uh, end of March, beginning of April. And uh, the, everything shut down because of COVID. Yeah. So. What do you, what do so you. So I still do stand-up. But you I got just an hour? And I, hmm? What do you got, an hour? Oh, I, I could do 45 if I have to, 45 to an hour. Yeah. I'd have to work it up, though. I haven't done it in a, in a while. You, you know, you only get to do 20 minutes, you know, 10, 20 minutes, 30 minutes uh, in a in a club yeah. in Vegas. I uh, so. That's on the list. Someday, <laughs> someday when I grow up. I, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that, I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's on the list. It's just, I don't know. I've got a million and one excuses right now, but eventually I'll... Uh, just get after it and get it done. One friend of mine said to me once, don't think about it, just do it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, you'll never do it. Have you... Uh, so that's what I did. Have I you just, uh, bombed hard? Oh, of course. Really? How? Who hasn't bombed hard? If you don't bomb, you're not a comedian. I mean, I've seen Robin Williams struggle. Yeah. And wow. how, how the hell can he struggle? How, yeah. I shouldn't say, how the heck? Can a guy like that struggle? Yeah. Well, that's true. He was true. a genius. But that's... there are some people, they're just not into you. How uh, how uh, how often are you, well, pre-pandemic, how often are you getting out and uh, stretching the uh, comedy skills? Well, I, I don't get out that much because I'm so busy with, uh, you know, writing and, uh, and acting and, well, the voices. Yeah. Like, uh, they've got me over the last year or so uh, writing you know, premises and stories for Tom and Jerry cartoons. So I'm, I'd rather, you know, what would you rather do? How many of those have you done? But I love performing. What I miss the most is theater is getting up and doing a play or a musical. I come from musical comedy. Oh, that's my favorite, you know, like anything goes or singing in the rain. Really? Stuff like that. Yeah. That's my, that's my back. So you do do it all. I could do everything except make a living. That's why I'm here talking to you. And uh, <laughs> that 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 uh, that to me would be the most frightening. I mean, I could you know do anything behind the microphone, whatever, and and I could I could probably do the the stand up comedy, but there's no way I could do a play. I I can't remember anything. That's a big problem. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, there are there are tricks. The trick is I walk over here, pick up this glass, and I say this line. I put the glass down i walk over stage left and i say this line i look at this guy and i say that line these are little 
uh, cues in your head that help you. So you associate it all with a action or a item or, or whatever. Yeah. And it, it, it's related to dance because in dancing, you're going to do these steps to get over here. You're going to do these steps to get over there. Singing, you're going to say this line, but you want to, you know, do it with uh, this attitude. You're going to say that line with that attitude. So, you know, in the secret to stand-up comedy, it's attitude, point of view, and material. Those three items. Yeah. So you have a good attitude and you have a good point of view, you're a professional. If you have all three, you're Robin Williams. Well, and I, I you know, I, I fancy myself as uh, a bit of a, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I watch a lot of comedy. I've, that's kind of my thing. And I've gone to mm-hmm. a ton of shows. I travel all over the Midwest going to shows. And there are people that are really good at it. And then there are people that are just bad but i think people are afraid to say you know maybe this isn't for you i i just went to um see a show uh locally here with uh, a, a big act and he, it was his first like st- theater tour on his own and uh he had gotten a local guy to open for him who happens to be a friend of someone i know mm-hmm. so i'm like hey i know you know i know the opener this could be good you know this and, and i was so embarrassed by the end of it i'm like i don't i don't ever want to meet that person that is so bad and but nobody's well, ever said, you know, maybe maybe that's a little rough. But I don't know if the Minneapolis comedy scene because they say he's pretty well known in the in the Minneapolis comedy scene. But I don't know. The thing is uh, about comedy is it's subjective. For sure. And I have friends that can't stand certain big comedians, and I have friends that love the same comedian. So it's subjective. Comedy is subjective. Yeah. There are people I I look at sometimes and go how. How? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And they're huge. They're huge comics. So somebody likes them. So you, you have to understand, You it comes down to taste. Yeah. Now, I don't know how bad or good this guy is, but obviously somebody liked him. Didn't yeah. let him headline. Yeah, very true. Very true. What? Uh, so on top of the comedy and the dancing and the acting, I mean, are you, are you active acting uh, all the time, like on screen? Um, no, no. Well, right now everything's shut down. Yeah, I, well, to... pre-pandemic. I, I... Yeah, they're trying to. A pre-pandemic, I I haven't done much on screen except I did letters from a nut. Yeah, and that's last I'm year, that and I, and I'm just doing cartoons right now, voiceover, and I did that last year. So I, I I just got with a new agent. We'll see what happens. Well, and 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 that was the question I wanted to ask is. What exactly is involved and what parameters do you go in with to write a Tom and Jerry episode? Like, like there's so many of them. Number one, how do you know you're not repeating something? And number two, like, what, is there any kind of series to them? Is there any kind of, or is it just whatever? If you're, if you're clash with a previous story, they don't buy it. (laughs) Oh, so you're not hired to go do it you got to do it and sell it to them. You do a premise that you look, I went back and did my research and I'm watching all these old cartoons, Tom and Jerry cartoons to try not to repeat. So uh, culture changes as the culture changes. There's more contemporary timeless things you can do things that are timeless. Uh, you know, like, and I just did one today. Uh, Quacker finds a lucky penny. No one had thought of that. So it's that kind of thing. So you think of a a premise that would be unique. Now, they might have done something like that years ago, but I've never found it. 
So did you write that one? Yeah, I, I wrote it. I submitted it. Wow. We just recorded it today. So the, the thing is to find like, uh, there's plenty of Tom and Jerry at the beach, Tom and Jerry chasing each other. I did one uh, last year with a penguin uh, where, uh, you know, the little quacker thinks penguins, his brother or his cousin, <laughs> and then they took it and rewrote it, but they bought it. So there you have it. Wow. So how long so does that you, process it, take then? Huh? How long does that process take then from when you, you know, finish writing it? I wrote Quacker's Lucky Penny in March, okay. April, May, June, July, August, August, five months. Okay. You know? And remember, it takes a while to animate and storyboard. I yeah. can imagine. And when I did Robot Chicken for Seth Green, yeah. we did Mickey Donald at a bar picking up chicks. What's that? Mickey and Donald at a bar picking up chicks. <laughs> it's very funny. It's 30 seconds long. It's hilarious. How you long, should see it. How long is the uh, given, like this one you just did today, how long is that? Is that a... It's a six-minute uh, uh, cartoon. Okay. Okay. There's six minutes. We originally started at 11 minutes per uh -huh. cartoon, then we they cut it down to six. So from March until now, and it's not mm -hmm. even done yet because you just did the voice, so it could take a little yeah. more longer post-production. Oh, yeah. For well, six minutes? I was minutes? talking to Seth Green, and he said, listen, we do stop action uh, stuff here. It takes nine months to do an episode. Oh. So. Was that Robot Chicken? Was that a, um, that was a series? It's still on. It's on Cartoon Network. It's hilarious. And is that, is that all? But on for years. They just did their 10th anniversary and our 100th episode. And I went to their, their party. Really? We did the red carpet and we went, went to the party. It was great. How is Seth Green? Terrific. What an actor. He He's a producer, a writer, a director, does all the voices. He's a hell of a talent. He, he uh, you know, he's been in the business since he was a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was he? Ah, uh, gosh. When he was young. Yeah. I, I can't even remember what it was, but he's well, so I just familiar. saw him in the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, parody of the James Bond films with Mike Myers. He's in that. Oh, I just saw him in the, uh, Italian job. Um, oh yeah, they play that damn thing all the time. That's a great movie. It's, yeah, it's very cool. Well, that's cool. So, so, uh, did you just do a one-time shot on that, or what did you? No, I did. Uh, I did three or four different episodes. I did one with uh, uh, Brian Austin Green. Uh, has a box shop, and next door is Megan Fox, or he has a he has a cigar store, and Megan Fox has a box store, so I don't know what the symbol symbolism is, but I played a customer. I narrated the Mad Max parody they did. Okay. Uh, they're, they're in a car, this family, and they're driving away madly from the holidays to get away from the holidays. Okay. And the holidays are chasing them like it's Mad Max. <laughs> so I was, the, I was the narrator on that. So do you, so do you think a lot of um, the business is who you know? Um, once you're a little more established, you know, like a little more established than where I am. Do, do you think it's a lot of, of who, you know, and, uh, and obviously. It's, it's, yeah. It's who do you trust? Yeah. And, and, you know, if you work with somebody and you know, they're good and, and you know, yet they're reliable, they show up on time, they do their yeah. job. They don't complain. Right. They thank you for uh, doing, do it you know, for the work. Then, you know, right on. Okay. That's it. You know, they're not looking for somebody who is negative they can't afford it they can't afford to counto to you right you know uh, and you'll see uh very rarely do you see a an actor 
who uh, is trouble really get very far. Well, know? and I think uh, some do, some do. I don't get it, but there's but, a lot uh, of that where a lot of positive energy from people that, you know, and I, and I, I can see it. My other business is real estate and, and yeah, the part of real estate that I'm in is always not always so positive, but, uh, <laughs> but it's very interesting to, to talk to people. And I've, I've run the gamut the last few years with, with people in the industry of all different levels, all different, whatever. And, uh, and that is kind of a common theme that you, if you have any kind of negativity at all, you're not going to make it just because even just all the rejection, you know, that'll pound you yeah. under right there. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, and they want you to be up and ready, got your lines down and you do your job. Yeah. That's it. That's what they want. And then you, you know, it's a, it's work. It's a business. Right. Right. What, uh, what is is that the duck your character are that what other characters do you do? Well, I I, I love doing the uh, the little uh, park ranger. You know, he was also the white rabbit. I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. <laughs> <laughs> and I love doing uh you know the Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck. Slay, are you following me? <laughs> you know, and Emily, 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 and uh, little oh, Tweety Pie. Oh, I thought I thought, you know, all that stuff. I have a little raspy voice today, but wow. I do the high voices. Oh, the poor pussycat, evil dongo, boom. <laughs> is that the, uh, is that the. Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, Speedy Gonzalez. Of course, you know, this means war. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, have you done those or are those just ones that you do? Those ones I do, uh, you know, I just auditioned for something for Looney Tunes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Do those come up yeah. often? No, they, uh, you know, I met Mel Blank. He was the voice of all those Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, you know, Elmer Fudd. Hello. And, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I did, you know, they, his son introduced, I said, you know, I took the Mel Blanc school of voices. I was there and he goes, uh, you know, Donald Duck meet Daffy Duck. So I did Donald, he did Daffy. He goes, you know, it's great. You can do somebody else's voice. He says, but I made my career on original voices, do original voices. And he's right. Well, he was right. And he was wrong. Because when he passed away, it took six people to replace him. Wow. So there you go. Wow. And they've had three or four Bugs Bunnies by now. Eric Bowser's the latest to do it. Uh, I know Jeff Bennett's there, a uh, bunch of guys. Uh, Bergen, Bob Bergen, who does, uh, you know, uh, Porky Pig and Tweety Pie. Is there, is there any, uh, a tighter group of you guys? I, uh, you well, know, I, I, it depends on who you're working with, you know. Um, the Ninja Turtles are pretty tight because they go out on an autograph shows. Yeah. Yeah. So you see them all the time, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you you always know that you wanted to be a a character or probably more of a dancer actor than a, than a character? Well, I thought I'd be another Gene Kelly or, uh, or I'd be an actor, straight actor playing as a player. But this Donald Duck thing kind of fell on my lap when I was 19. Wow. And, uh, and uh, thank God for Daryl Van Sitters, who's the executive producer director of Tom and Jerry. He was at Disney when I was doing Donald Duck. And uh, 25 something decades later, he calls me up out of the blue and goes, you still do a good duck? I go, yeah, who are you? Jeez. <laughs> and uh, so, I, uh, you know, they went through 3000 voice actors for that little duck. Really? That's how hard it is to get a job. And I still got the voice. I got it. And even with the uh, robot chicken, you know, they said, look, you still have to audition for us. Really? And I said, fine. It's, it's, it's part, part, part of the, 
the work you do. Yeah. You you audition and never quibble about it. You just do it. Yeah. Wow. And I was glad to audition and I got the job. Well, and I was telling you uh, before we got on air that I had gone on a retreat and had met uh, with Debbie, Debbie Dareberry. Is it Dareberry? Uh, and Debbie Dareberry, the Dareberry. greatest. She's the greatest. I, a very, a very, uh, uh, a small gal, uh, petite. Yeah. But uh, wow, just her. the voices and the noises and the, just to see her run through her thing. It's, oh, if, if people fantastic. haven't seen it, it's, it's very impressive to see a character actor do their characters uh, and noises, just weird noises coming out of this woman. It was ridiculous, but a She's ton of fun. Very talented, very talented. Yeah. And it, 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 and I don't know, are there young people coming into the industry that are, that are giving you a run oh, for your sure. money? Sure. You've got all this non-union stuff with video games and, you know, animated cartoons on YouTube Yeah, and stuff. And that seems to be like where it's going. The video game but, world uh, is pretty strong. Pardon me? The video game thing is pretty strong. I mean, they're very strong. If it's union, I'll do it. If it's non-union, I can't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so and I've, I, I've I think heard we're mixed seeing reviews. more and more union work, union work in video games. I just did an audition this morning for a video game and it was union. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were telling me about that. That, yeah. uh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I've seen a few video game auditions come by, um, you know, and they're fun. I've, it's fun. But again, mm -hmm. I bet it's super competitive. Have you have you done any notable characters in video games? I haven't done one video game yet. Really? The competition's so thick, and most of them were non-union, so I couldn't audition for them anyway. Oh, I gotcha. So I'm just starting to do uh, video game auditioning now because okay. it's union. Uh-huh. So uh, long, for a long time. Nothing. You know, it wasn't good. All right. It wasn't good for uh, professional voiceover. Wow. Unless you were a star. Yeah. You were a star and they wanted you in the video game. Oh, they pay you a lot of money. Yeah. Well, video yeah. games aren't real strong payers anyway, are they? Either way. Not that I know of. Yeah. I didn't really check into it. So. Yeah. Well, you sounds like you're really busy, which is good. Yeah. It, it just happens this year is, you know, the only thing going on in showbiz right now is voiceover. Yeah. So everybody's jumping in. Yeah. You can thank me for that. Uh, Cause once I got in, then, uh, then the pandemic hit and everybody else got in. But they'll go back to their real jobs eventually once this damn thing's <laughs> over with. We got to hope at yeah, least. exactly. So, <laughs> well, listen, Sam, we got to wrap this up, man. We don't want to take too okay. much of your time. You are uh, a full docket. So where can people find you? Are you a social media guy? What, what's Yeah, yeah. You can find me at samk3000.com, S-A-M-K-A-Y 3000.com, because Sam K was taken. Well, so uh, S-A-M-K-A-Y 3000.com. You go to my website and listen to all my voices and see all my TV shows and movies I've done and, and all that. And if you need a character, yes, go there. Or he'll do it for you. He's the, he's yeah. the man. I love it. <laughs> Remember, it's the acting. Stress the acting. acting. You can do the voice. Make sure you can make him laugh and cry and smile and, and uh, get angry and uh, sing Man. And all that. That's, well, I want uh, to, I want to, my goal is going to be to catch your stand up back. I want to, I want to make yeah. that happen. That'll give me an excuse well, to go are, to Vegas. There are clips of my stand up act on my website. Okay. All right. If you go to the demo reel, you can see some of my stuff. I'm going to check it out. All right, sir. Yeah. I, I thank you for the time. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500. 
or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.